0: Welcome to Make a Difference Monday, where we encourage you to make a difference in yourself, in others, and in the world. I'm Courtney Bullard. I'm the co-founder and executive director for the Pearl House, and today we are joined by Shannon Wilburn, and we're going to talk about dreaming from the ground up. So Shannon, welcome. I am so glad that you're here today. I want to just tell and just brag about you for just a little bit um, because it's truly remarkable everything how God is using you um, in so many ways. So Shannon Wilburn, she is the CEO and co-founder of Just Between Friends Franchise System. So she has just a minute. Are you writing? This is amazing. Are you sitting down? She has (laughs) over 150 franchise owners in 32 states. And even though COVID man, I mean, it has been difficult for their concept, but man, they are on track for having a like wide sales of $33 million. And so huge success I can't wait to dive in and talk more about just between friends but before we do that I want to welcome you Shannon and I would love for you to share just a little bit about yourself and who you are so we can just get to know you a little bit so I'm Shannon thank
1: you for the introduction Courtney and thank you for just asking me to be on here but um, I um, I'm 50 years old this year so um, you look fantastic thank you so much I have been married for 30 years um, to, um, my best friend, he's just amazing. And he is a pastor here in Tulsa. We live in the, we just moved to Jinx, which is a suburb of Tulsa. And we, we absolutely love it. So, um, we have been at the same church doing ministry for that 30 years. Um, and so we have two children. My son, Jake is 26 and he is married to Kenzie. They live in Edmond. And they're going to have our first grandchild in July. I'm so excited. Very, very excited. And then my daughter and her husband currently live in Conway, Arkansas, and they're moving to Boston to do college ministry in May. And so that's – and I have another business besides just between friends, a local business called Coal Creek Farm Jinx, where we just – we allow photographers to come on the property to take – pictures, uh, it's vastly different from Just Between Friends.
0: So that's a little bit about me. You know, Shannon, you're one of those people that anytime that someone's around you, like you, your smile is contagious, your energy is contagious. And, you know, we're talking about dreaming from the ground up. Will you tell us a little bit about Just Between Friends and what the concept is? Because it's truly remarkable. You started this thing. So tell us more about it.
1: Yeah, so I have a co-founder. Her name is Devin Tackett, and she also lives here in the Tulsa area. But honestly, um, I was just a mom, and this can be a 45-minute story in and of itself, so I'm going to give you the short version. So I'll tell you what the concept is, and then I'll tell you how we started it. So it's basically a marketplace for families to buy and sell gently used children's and maternity clothes, toys, and baby equipment. So if you think about all of the people who have all of these items that they spent thousands of dollars on when they had their kids and now they don't need it anymore but they don't want to just donate it because they need to recoup some of that money they don't want it to go into the landfill and just throw it away because we want to be sustainable people um and they you know they need to recoup some of that money so we provide a a place to bring buyers and sellers together so families save 50 to 90 percent off of retail on these items, children's and maternity items, toys and baby equipment, and families uh, make 60 to 70% on whatever they're selling. So that's the concept. It's pop up. So we don't have brick and mortar locations. We basically, our franchise owners host um, events. And now events is a dirty word because of COVID. So we had to pivot and we now call them sales. and, and so lots of our sales are in re, um, empty retail space or a fairgrounds or something like that. So that's the concept. It's you know five to seven days and, and families participate. They bring the items a little bit before the event and then they, whatever's unsold, they can donate. Um, so we have a charity component as well. We actually, for our company, we have Vision 2030 that by 2030 our, um, communities that participate in just between friends will give back a hundred million dollars in in kind donations and items to charities around the nation. So we're on track. We're at 30 million right now. So which is which is awesome. And it's families, I mean it's it's people like you and others who are participating have little kids and are like, I just want to donate this. And so the charity partnerships really thrive. If they partner with our franchises.
0: So that's amazing. Okay. So tell us how this vision of the business came to be. Yeah.
1: So again, married to a pastor at the time I was 27 in 1997, started the company um, in my living room just because we had, I had a need myself. My mom actually gave me the idea. I had grown up shopping consignment, just my, my dad was on disability and we needed to make ends meet. And so I, myself and my twin sister, um, we shopped consignment because it stretched the money we had. And, um, so when I got married to, um, a youth pastor, that's not necessarily about poverty, but kind of.
0: <laughs> um, my husband used to be a youth pastor. I totally, I'm tracking with you. Yes. <laughs>
1: So anyway, I needed to still contribute to the family's income when we had children, but I wanted to try to stay home. So I was just looking for a way to supplement the family's income. And uh, my friend Devin uh, was a friend from church and the biggest bargain hunter that I knew. And I shared the kind of idea with her that my mom had given me. Um, And she was like, that sounds like that's awesome. Can I do it with you? And so that's how our partnership formed. And, um, so, and Devin has vastly different skills than I had. And so we, had the very first sale in my living room. We knew we didn't want it to be a garage sale. Um, and so we made a frame signs out of the leftover plywood from the vacation Bible school, the t- the month before trying to be as resourceful as possible. We sold $2,000 worth of stuff from 17 consigners in that very first sale. And, um, it was, it, it, I made $150 and Devin made $150, but it was the hardest $150 that we ever made, but we knew that there was a need because the families that participated as shoppers were like, when are you doing this again? And the people that participated as sellers are like, when are you doing this again? So we continued doing it and growing each season here in Tulsa and in that was from 1997 to 2003. We ended up in 2000 at the Tulsa Fairgrounds and that's where the Tulsa sale is still housed. In 2004, we started franchising. That's a whole other story that I don't think we have time for, but we wanted to provide the opportunity that we had had here in Tulsa to um, other people who wanted to help their communities. And so it just, it I love the fact that this brand, this concept, um, helps thousands of people every year save money and make money. I mean, it's such a good feeling. I mean, who'd, who wouldn't want to be a part of it? So, and that, not to mention the charity aspect of it. It's, um, it's really a fun business that I am really blessed that I get to lead. So,
0: wow. So there's gotta be some challenges. Oh Yeah. It. <laughs> So what would you say maybe has been your greatest challenge in in just running your own business? First off, any business owner is going to have challenges. So
1: it is, um, if you're going into business, you need to expect that business ownership is a series of challenges that you have to problem solve around. It really is. I mean, that's what it is. And um, if you have it within you to be a problem solver and know how to work, try to find solutions, I think, you know, that's a a great skill set to have as a business owner. Um, I think probably um, it was very difficult for me in the beginning, and still now too, to um, be all things to all people. So I don't know if you've ever read the book E-Myth Revisited. But it is um it talks about scaling your business. And when you um when you start your own business, this is the suggestion that they give in this book that you think about how you want your business to be 10 years from now. And you write, you make an organizational chart that um lists all the things. Okay, Shannon, what do you want JBF to be 10 years from now? Okay, I know I'm gonna need a CFO, probably gonna need a chief marketing officer, probably gonna need a chief. Chief operational officer, probably gonna need a CFO, you know, I'm gonna need those things and man, I'm gonna need this assistant for this. I'm gonna need someone to be in charge of recalls, someone to be in charge of all of these details. You know, go ahead and think about where you want it to be, and then put your name in every box. Because it's you. (laughs) And I think I kept my name in all the boxes for way too long. I think um You know, one of my weaknesses is the finance side of the business. Um, I ran just between friends. Devin and I ran just between friends really kind of without a budget for way too long. And the only honestly, the only reason I think we're still here um, is because we corrected that. And because we had um, growth every year. So I never lost money (laughs) in the, in the beginning. I mean, we weren't making a lot of money, but, but I wasn't going backwards in terms of sales. And so there was always just a little bit more the next time and a little bit more the next time. And, um, so I think that's what kind of kept us out of going bankrupt, but we have, we have thought about bankruptcy two times. I mean it's like it's it's just a reality of cash flow and your finances especially when you have a leader that is not that person so that was one of our first hires was getting a bookkeeper it's like we need help here <laughs> we need which, just looking at the checking account knowing i have money in there does not actually mean we're profitable
0: <laughs> so true um,
1: so that was probably um not hiring someone soon enough to scale the business and in an area where I had a weakness. So that, that would be, I guess I didn't do that fast enough, but honestly it's so many failures, so many challenges, but
0: we're still here. That's amazing. And I, I love that you said you knew it was maybe one of your weaknesses or you weren't really strong. And I think that's so important that, I mean, that just shows like that kind of sometimes we have to humble ourselves and say, I know I'm not good at this and it's okay because that yeah. means someone else can use their strengths, you know, and they yeah. get to thrive in that.
1: I tell you, um, it's called working, having to use your accommodating skills it means you're going to procrastinate it. You know, you have to do it, but you're going to procrastinate it. You're not going to do a good job. It's going to take you twice as long as someone else. I mean, this is case in point last night. Um, um, I just got an award from the international franchise association. So, So, there is a marketing company that wants um, to interview me. And so they sent these interview questions to me. And I was like, that is going to take me five hours to answer those questions. So I was like, I'm not going to answer these. I'm going to send these to my marketing department. And my marketing department's going to answer as if they're like me. <laughs> 30 <laughs> minutes later, I had the answers in my inbox and I just send you know, of course I read them to make sure, does this sound like me? Is this what I would say? And of course they know me well enough that of course it, it, I had to change like two things. That's it. And, um, so that, that would be, that would have taken me five hours to answer those questions. So
0: anyway, just an example. That's great. Okay. So what would you say, Shannon, um, is, The wisest decision that you made maybe in the early days of just between friends.
1: This is an easy one for me because it's still the wisest decision I've made and I continue to make. And that is surrounding myself with smart people. I, you know, in the early days, you only know, you know, people that you see or hear. Um, you know, and so it's, if you don't feel like you have smart people around you, it's time to find some smart people (laughs) around you, you know, listen to podcasts, be involved in your local chamber, um, see if there are other business owners around you that you think are doing something well and reach out to them on LinkedIn, see if you can, um, I, I always hate to say when they say, you know, I want to pick your brain. I think that's a, a horrible, I don't know, an image of pick your brain. So I, I kind of think if you go to someone and say, hey, I want to tap into your brilliance, who like would say to that? You know, well, hey, I, I need 30 minutes to tap into your brilliance. They're not having to say, I'm going to meet with you every month for the next five years. It's like, I need 30 minutes. Can you help me with this? You know, this is a problem I'm going through. And so I have made it a point to surround myself with smart people for, um, you know, 23 years. And therefore I don't have to have all those skills. I have to have advisors. I have to have mentors. I have to have people who will give back to me in the knowledge base that they have and help guide and direct me and pray for me in, in those areas. And most recently we put, um, an advisory board together for, um, just between friends. We did this in 2017. And so I, um, interviewed, this is not a real board. So this, they have no like voting responsibility. No. Um, if, if I take the company down, they're not going down with me. It's advisory. So there's no fiduciary responsibility on this board. So just advisory. Um, but I, looked at the weaknesses on our executive team, you know, and within our own company and said, okay, I need someone to help with technology. I need someone who's really strong in finance, finance. I need someone who's really strong in franchise development. I need, you know, someone who's just all knowing, you know? And so I went out and asked friends. I'm like, who do you know who's good at this? And so they would share and honestly use LinkedIn to try and find some of those people um, and then made sure, interviewed them, made sure they were a good fit for our culture. Uh, We're a Christian company and they didn't have to be a Christian to advise me, but just know we're going to pray in our meetings and I'm going to talk about the Lord and I'm going to share prayer requests with you. So if that makes you uncomfortable, probably shouldn't say yes to this. Um, But it has been just phenomenal cuz they are they are willing to take a fresh perspective of what you're going through and offer the advice from their perspective and i don't always want to do what they say and i don't have to cuz it's not a it's not a voting board like i said it's advisory but i certainly know that they have the expertise and the wisdom to advise me and it has really helped us grow, helped our revenue increase. It just was a good decision. So, I mean, that's my best advice for anyone is surround yourself with smart people.
0: I love that. I mean, okay, I have learned so much and I just am like a sponge when I'm around you. I just want to soak it all in. Um, (laughs) So before we end, do you have any additional just advice you might give someone that maybe has a dream and they're wanting to start it from the ground up? you have to set correct expectations for yourself. So
1: expectations that you feel are realistic and do your due diligence to make sure that whatever endeavor you're wanting to think about, like run it by people who've been in business for a while, you know, and um, have them look at, seriously write out a business plan. Think about the marketing aspects, the operational aspects, the financial aspects. Don't, don't just willy-nilly start. Um, that's what we did, and I have no idea how it worked. I feel like we made so many mistakes in the early years because we didn't have kind of a, a plan and, um, and didn't have advisors, Um, so it, that was, that's probably, I think failure is part of doing business. And so expect that you're going to fail and then you're going to have to pick yourself back up and get back to it. Because, um, honestly, if you're not failing, you're probably not trying, you're not risking enough to, um, you know, have innovative ideas and that type of stuff and not everything's going to work. Some of it, you're going to lose lots of money. It happens. Um, but maybe it's the next idea that's gonna take your concept or your brand or, or your idea to the next level. So
0: So good, Shannon. Okay, you need to tell everyone how they can find you.
1: I am on LinkedIn, of course, uh Shannon Wilburn. Um honestly, if you go to LinkedIn, that's probably the best way to get a hold of me um, or Shannon at jbfsale.com. That's my email.
0: That's so great. Well, Shannon, thank you so much for being on today. And it's so good. And I know everyone will be encouraged and inspired. And so let's take everything that Shannon shared with us today and let's all go and make a difference. Thank you for listening to Make a Difference Monday. If you would like to learn more about how you can make a difference, visit thepearlhouse.org.